podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns and today is the 15th of February 2022. With us we have got Mike Liverton who is an industry expert on short-term investor opportunities and flexible rental space. He is the chairman of Jetstream Hospitality Solutions, an all-in-one technology platform and services solution that provides a powerful way to maximise revenues in the short-term rental market. So a warm welcome to you Mike. How are you today? Michelle, very good morning. Yes, very, uh, very well and very excited and happy to uh, to be with you and be on the podcast. Yeah, well, it's great to have you on, actually. And um, we've asked you to come on because it's a great opportunity at the moment um, for people who are looking at the short term rental or flexible rental markets, otherwise known as Airbnb or um, serviced accommodation. And obviously, it's, you know, people working in this uh, sector have had a very difficult time during the lockdown periods, um, but also appear to have bounced back if they've managed to get through and survive. Um, and not just bounce back, but actually really, you know, take advantage of the, um, you know, the, the market's boom in the staycation, uh, the staycation boom, as people call it. So um, you're going to talk to us today about your, you know, how you see the opportunities in the market and what you, how you are involved in it. So um, tell us a bit more about yourself and, um, for, you know, for people who don't know who you are, how did you get involved in, in short term rentals? Great. I will do that, Michelle. It's a bit of a story, but I'll, uh, I'll cover it as much as I can. A bit of background, obviously, I'm from the UK originally, um, and I had a successful uh, business in the, um, the mobile phone e-commerce sector. And um, again, that was all about really building um, technology uh, and it, to really support distribution, um, sales, and a great uh, I guess, customer experience. Um, so my background, this is, I guess, is my second um, <clears throat> chapter in the in the technology leveraged um, sort of booking sales, um, guest experience um, chapter. Um, so basically I had a good exit, uh, sold, we probably all know Car Firm Warehouse. I sold my first business as an e-commerce business, Car Firm Warehouse, went to Canada. I felt lifestyle changed, but invested in property because when you generally... Uh, in the UK, you you have a property mentality in that, you know, you're always looking for property, property investment opportunities. So I invested in, um, I guess, apartment hotels. So essentially, um, you know, buildings, new buildings that were generally situated in uh, leisure stroke destination type areas and where these um, essentially self-sufficient apartments, self-catering flats, essentially, were in it like a hotel environment with shared leisure amenities, et cetera. Uh, and that was before 2008. Um, so, uh, and, uh, and there were some attractive incentives in terms of rental guarantees, et cetera. So that was one of the reasons to, to, to invest was that I wouldn't be uh, managing them myself and I could pursue other, I guess, more lifestyle interests. But uh, 2008 came along, uh, the rental guarantees did not appear. Um, and so I started renting my own units. Uh, and so that was back in, I guess, uh, yeah, 2008 was when my I put my first advert on um what, what then was um, holiday rental um, marketplaces. So this was pre-Airbnb, but there was a company called um, like VRBO Home Away that were out there and they were specializing in apartment stroke holiday home rentals. And essentially that went very well. Um, I had a number of units and, and most of those units were quite similar to each other. So I could put one advert on and those bookings could go into several units. And 
And then the resort operator, the hotel, essentially apartment hotel operator came to me and said, look, you're doing great bookings in your own units. Could we give you distribution wholesale uh, pricing on all of our 200 units that you could then essentially market and operate or sell uh, for rentals uh, on behalf of other owners? And so then... I guess was really the start of Jetstream, which is when we started working with resort stroke hotel operators of um, apartments in the holiday space uh, to start distributing that um, that inventory onto these marketplaces. Um, and when you're dealing with a, quite a lot of volume, there's a lot of opportunity to maximize revenues through thresholds, occupancy thresholds. So you essentially yield your rates. So as you get higher occupancies, a bit like the airline ticket industry, as you get higher occupancy, your prices can go up, et cetera. Um, And so we had the opportunity to take that dynamic pricing from some of the revenue management companies in um, these hotel operators and feed that into these marketplaces. But at the time, there wasn't any technology to take that dynamic pricing, again, obviously with real-time availability and feed that data into um, the marketplaces that were specifically designed for um, holiday rentals. Um, so we essentially started building that technology in 2012. Yeah. And that's really when I committed to Jetstream full time and we developed that technology. Uh, and we became the first, um, I guess, integra- technology integration partner to integrate um, apartment hotel operators um, onto the short term rental marketplaces. Um, and then obviously, as we know, shortly uh, after Airbnb came onto the scene um, and they approached us to basically say, how come you've got all this um, holiday apartment rental inventory and home rental inventory in like uh, Canada at the time. And they said, well, could we integrate um, our inventory into them? And we said, well, we can only do that if we can integrate into your, uh, directly into your API, into your integration platform. Um, And so for the last, I guess, seven years, uh, we've been working um, with uh, property owners as well as larger, um, I guess, resort stroke hotel operators. and partnering with them to enable us to provide uh, basically a full service solution for them onto the short-term rental marketplaces. So we very quickly expanded out of um, Canada into the US um, in 2014. And then we set up an office um, in Europe in 2017, and then uh, in the in the UK two years ago. So I've sort of gone full circle and I'm now back in the UK because um, I'm now chairman of the business. So we have obviously my CEO is based uh, in North America. So essentially now we are able to provide a full distribution, marketing, booking and um, guest communication solution to anybody looking to get into the short term rental marketplace. So I uh, just want to pick up on what you're saying about the dynamic pricing, because um, that is something that, you know, for, for people who are not familiar yet with uh, service accommodation and that model, um, can you talk to us a bit about how, you know, why it's so important to have that dynamic pricing and, and how it works? Because uh, mm. for a lot of people, let's say they buy a product, they buy a, a property that is, uh, you know, a three bed house and they want to put it on Airbnb or, you know, they want to kind yeah. of have somebody manage it for them. Usually that management company, they, they're they not as good on the dynamic pricing as the owner might be <laughs> if they were doing it themselves. So um, yeah, can you just dig into sure. that? Great, great question. I, I guess because we've come from the, um, I guess the hotel type hospitality background, they've 
they've had a lot of tools and they've always had their own internal revenue optimization team. So I guess we've had a lot of exposure to <clears throat> appreciating how much extra revenue can be made if you're clever with your pricing, uh, which basically just means you're, you're matching supply um, to demand and then you're further tweaking that as your supply gets less. Um, so, you know, traditionally in the, um, I guess the, the rental market or the, you know, the short-term rental market, you might have three or four different um, pricing periods through the year. You'd have a, have a low rate, standard rate, medium season, high season, et cetera. Um, so, but what we are able to do is we're able to tap in to all the, uh, I guess, market data. And there's two or three very um, powerful data analytic companies which specialize in the, the short-term uh, rental revenue space. So basically we tap into their data, we can see the trends, we can see the pricing, we put in the comparable set for the, the property that we're obviously managing on behalf of the owner, and we can feed that rate in. And then as that, I guess that period or that year evolves and you move through it and you see the, the local um, competitive set of inventory getting booked and you see the way that the traction is building, then the rates gradually start going up and they'll go up at a rate, again, really reflecting the, the supply stroke demand ratio. So we see that real time. So we can really react to that. So you're setting your pricing out for whatever, you know, a year, generally 18 months in advance, but then we're feeding that data in and our technology integrates with that feed. So it's it's an automated thing. It's not a, it's not a question now of crunching data, you know, uh, big data and AI and analytics uh, really empowers us to, to be able to provide that service to our clients. And and that can make a big, big difference through the year. Yeah, that, that can that can change your your yield by you know potentially anything from five to ten percent more because you know you've got that um, I guess market intelligence that's coming in on a real time basis. Yeah, I, I guess the key to that is the real time uh, changes. So, for example, if uh, somebody has a property in a uh, you know city centre location, and then suddenly you know, a big singer comes to the area and, and they announce their, their tour dates, then, you know, the the, um, the demand will go up in the area. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and the, the data that we, the companies that we work with, they're obviously feeding in a lot of that data. And they're, and they're, they're feeding into feeds of um, you know, airline uh, usage so they can see what the airline capacity is for or, or the airline uh, demand is for, for people flying in. They can Look, look at seasonality, whether there's so many different attributes and obviously, yeah, they'll feed in a lot of local event information as well. Right. So do you use, um, so I've heard of Air DNA for yes. super data. So the, yep. if I'm right, then you take that data and then uh, from uh, companies like that and then you generate it and then you um, exactly. automate the prices. And yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking what the difference is between somebody sitting there manually actually altering the prices on their own website. Um, I guess that's for kind of small scale business owners. Um, is there, you know, is there a starting point? Do you have to have so many properties before, you know, this really comes into use? Or do you think, you know, if you've got one, uh, one unit, then it's useful? Yeah, I mean, the great thing is now the availability of incredible technology um, 
and solutions, um, you know, makes it, it possible for anybody, you know, even with just one unit to have access to this. That the question is, it's there's you know, there's not one platform that 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 I guess I mean Jetstream, we, we integrate with all these best in class partners. So I guess we're like the hub of this ecosystem. Um, a lot of people can do it on their own, but there's a lot of different moving parts. And again, you've all got to try and have them integrated, you know, in terms of distribution, um, obviously, well, obviously listing setup, listing optimization, revenue optimization, distribution, guest communications, uh, keyless entry, guest screening, etc. So there's a lot of aspects to that. Um, and so it's possible for somebody to do it themselves, of course, and it really does depend on their appetite. Um, and I guess their um, their interest, you know, if they're interested in it and they have the time and they have the energy, then you can absolutely do it. And there's platforms out there that empower you to do it on your own. Um, but again, we all only have so much time, so much <laughs> energy, and we all, we all have so many other things we want to do in life, you know. Um, so I guess you know that's where Jetstream comes in. We we provide a solution that. Um, is basically best in class in the industry globally with all of these third party best in class partners. And we seamlessly integrate that. And then we have the people and the expertise internally to bring all that together, to create the listing, right. um, to, to make any decisions if appropriate on all this data that's coming in, but we can set, I guess, the rules. And then we handle all the guest communications. So I guess we're, we're super passionate about doing everything that I said you can do on your own, but we love doing it for people. I can tell. <laughs> and I guess it, you know, it just comes down to how people value their time, whether they're doing it themselves mm. or anything, or they're outsourcing uh, this task. So um, I'm just curious, because obviously you've talked about the apart hotels, apartment hotels, uh, back in 2008, before then, um, and service accommodation at the moment for the past couple of years has been on trend. It's been a you know very hot strategy for property investors to get into, uh, obviously because of the, the high returns that people can see they can get um, in comparison to other strategies. So, you know, looking back over, over the years that you've been um, tracking this industry, what sort of trends do you see, um, you know, at the moment and going forward, how, how does, what's happening mm. fit in with the history it's a it's an incredible yet yeah, timely question and we have all been impacted probably more than more in the last two years and more probably we have ever been impacted in terms of how we can now live our lives you know or work our lives um and i think um you know obviously i i try to embrace technology and went to live a i guess a technology leverage lifestyle some 15 years ago in Canada, having left the UK. And, and at the time, um, our consumer brand, as it still is now, is leavetown.com. And that was all about, I guess, empowering people to be able to, to leave town and, and work remotely. Uh, we were probably a little bit ahead of the curve, but certainly uh, the last two years we know has accelerated that. Um, and because we, you know, we do um, quite a bit of business in North America, as well as Europe, as, as well as the UK, we see different trends. And certainly that the technology, large technology employers uh, within North America have been driving for the last two or three years, flexible working. So they've been enabling people to, you know, be employed, but actually have a very flexible working schedule, both schedule and in terms of where they work from. 
And I think that whole agile um, and empowered working philosophy has come to the forefront um, over the last two years with COVID. And we now see, um, you know, the statistics and we now see the, the different news articles on what that's, what that's doing, what that's doing to the office environment, what that's doing to, to people, uh, empowering people to have choice in terms of how they work, where they work, um, and, and what people's capacity is now, I guess, for, for traveling and working at the same time. You know, before we used to have, you know, between whatever, three and five weeks holiday a year, and that was the only time we could travel, really. We could get weekend trips, weekends away. But now in reality, people depending on their their work and their and their their environment they they can have months and months you know up to three months six months you know um to to continue to to work um but travel at the same time so we're seeing a much much larger demand for uh, properties where people can go and live uh, on their own with their partner with their family um and work um and these are places both urban because people still like exploring and being in cities, but also, you know, leisure. Um, so non-urban uh, leisure destinations. So we're seeing a, a, a cross-sectional um, demand um, and, and definitely a much higher demand for people that want to stay two weeks to three, two weeks to three months, um, you know, and they're willing to pay, you know, short-term type uh, rental rates for that, which means if you can get your occupancy up, which again goes back to, the revenue optimization and the distribution, then you can get some very healthy um, yields and uplifts over what would have otherwise been, you know, property designed for maybe more, you know, traditional longer term lets. So would you say for people who are looking to get into this industry that um, targeting the customer who is looking to perhaps um, have a longer term stay, uh, perhaps working from the from the property uh, for a couple of weeks or months. Um, do you think that's a, a sort of better opportunity than, let's say, capitalising on the, the the staycation boom where people are, are travelling and going on holiday in the UK rather than going abroad? I think they're two diff- very different mm. um, customers, right? Yeah, I mean, I think um, seasonality. Uh, has a play on that for sure. I mean, I think you know uh, the summer, the summer months. You know, in, in England, mid June probably through to to mid September is strong. So, you know, you can go out with weekly stays, and you'll pretty much get weekly stays back to back, and you'll be you know delivering some very strong revenues. But then again, in the shoulder seasons, you know, uh, from you know, I guess mid September all the way through uh, the, the the autumn and the winter and the, and the spring. You know, there's still um, an appetite for people um, that want to go and stay in different places. And that could be people coming to visit England from abroad. Um, It could be people wanting to um, be somewhere in the English countryside, but they still need to maybe go to London one day a week or two days a week. So if they've got a less than a one hour commute on a train, well, that opens up a huge amount of, of the potential area where they could live in the countryside and get a brand new experience. And I think... You know, we're seeing the, the build to rent market, uh, the different dynamics in that. We're seeing uh, single, I guess, um, or traditional private landlords that have sold a lot of inventory. There's a huge demand for rental properties uh, or rental stays in the UK anyway. Um, and I think people are now choosing um, 
to maybe take their time in terms of where they buy. And so you've also got people that are looking to go and live in a particular area for a month or two or three and see how they go down in that area before they maybe buy in that area. So I think you've got lots of different trends. You've got, you've got the, the, you know, this global nomadic um, trend that is driving people to want to come to England and stay in England for, for more than just a, a week or two that want to live in other places, not just be downtown in London. Um, and then you've got people in England that are now able to not need to be in the office all the time. So they don't need to live in a city. They can be in a commutable area if they have to be in a, a workplace for one or two days a week, or they can be completely in the countryside. And, and so having access to traditional, I guess, holiday rental properties, but at a, um, at a rate that is conducive to them staying for a month and trying that area out, et cetera, um, is, is another huge, I see, you know, growing demand. Um, and that and that's a great, uh, I guess, sector that can be targeted for these shoulder stroke off peak seasons. So essentially a property can be used for you know, one week stays peak time. It can be used for um, longer one month stays or two month stays um, shoulder season. And then also the gaps, the two, three, four night gaps, they can be filled in as well through distribution on the platforms like Airbnb. And how would people appeal to those longer term stay customers? Um is there anything that people can do to make themselves stand out? Yeah, great question. I mean, I, again, I think, you know, amenities, making sure there's um, that they're profiling the amount of space that's available um, in their property for both, uh, I guess, homeworking um, as well as living. If there's outdoor space, uh, I guess, seeing whether there's a way that that can be um beneficial that it can be used even when it's raining etc is there a way that you know you've got an outdoor covered area that can be heated so you've got entertaining space or abilities to be outside um so i think it's maximizing the space both indoor and outdoor and i think the other thing is highlighting um accessibility to um i guess local amenities you know whether that's the the, the gym whether that's uh pool, whether that's um, different clubs, well-being, uh, wellness, yoga studios, etc. So people feel they can actually go and move somewhere and be part of the community uh, very quickly, you know, because they've got all that, I guess, local yeah. knowledge. Yeah, that's a good point. And what about the difference between like the trends and the actual property itself, like the property location? So for example, if you've got a property uh, by the seaside, you're not necessarily going to be looking for contractors, okay? And, and vice versa, if you've got a property in the city centre, then you're, you know, you might not mm. be uh, looking for um, long stay leisure people. Um, so how do you see the importance between following the trends and, you know, just working with what you've got? Mm. I mean, I think that the good thing is now that there's so many different genres of travelers, uh, whether they're, whether they're um, like we said, you know, whether they're going on holiday or whether they're finding something short term until they find a home that they want to move into long term, et cetera, whether they're permanently traveling globally, whether they're, they're people that want to come and try living in the UK for a few months. So I think the type of property, um, if distributed correctly, um, it can reach all of the different marketplaces that would, I guess, be attracted to that type of property, you know. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different uh, rental marketplaces and, you know, you've got to go where the, you've got to go where the audience is and you've got to make sure that property is listed well. So the amenities, uh, the images, the description, 
local um, places of interest, et cetera, are really well highlighted. And you've got to make sure it's, it's themed correctly. So as you say, if it's near a golf course or it's near the ocean, et cetera, that all these things are picked out. And a lot of these marketplaces like VRBO, Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, you can go in there as a, as a user and you can say, well, you know, what things, uh, what properties do you want to search by? What are the additional, uh, more comprehensive search um, <clears throat> themes that, that you want? And if you want to be within a certain amount of, uh, distance from you know uh, the, the the seaside or the ocean or golf course you can put that in so again it's our job to make sure that the listings are optimized so whatever the the genre i guess of um the best suited uh, guest um that when that guest searches uh, they come across the property right and, and again obviously from a rate perspective it goes back if they're putting in their budget uh bracket then it, you know it you, you've got to make sure that the rates for the longer stays are appropriate. You can't get, you can't expect to, to get a monthly rate that is 30 times the nightly rate. Yes. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so obviously if people have got a property, then maximizing it, it, you know, to the full capacity is what they should do. But if people don't yet have a property and they want to start a short-term serviced accommodation business, you know, any tips for, so, sort of to where to start mm. where should they put a stake in the ground they could essentially pick anywhere buy something and have it managed uh for them they, they want a better yield than say a single let property yep. well as they always say the real estate or the property game it's location 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 <laughs> so i think <laughs> I, I think but but the great thing is now um i think location 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 is taking on a new meaning because mm. everybody can can be located wherever they want to be. So again, I think it's, um, I think the character of the building, I think um, aesthetically how people want to live is an important part. So do they want, you know, lots of separate rooms so that they're not disturbed when they're working or do they want an open plan area? So again, I think it depends on on the, the actual um, you know, potential guest, whether they're, they don't have a lot of, if they've got a large family, they want separate rooms. So they've got a quiet spot where they can work, vice versa, et cetera. So I think I think there's a lot of different types of um, properties that meet different demands. Um, zoning, zoning, and the whole, uh, I guess, legislation of short-term rentals is a big consideration. And so, certainly in London and Edinburgh, as we know, there's uh, restrictions for residential that can't be rented on a short-term basis, i.e., generally less than. 30 days for more than three months a year. So that's a big consideration. If you're outside London, outside Edinburgh, um, then obviously if you're in an apartment building, if you're in a building of flats, et cetera, then you've got to check what the um, considerations are there because generally there's separate um, rules, um, tenancy rules, et cetera, um, that apply to whether you can rent that unit out short term or, or, or um, as well as long term. If you're buying your own individual property, <clears throat> um, freehold, and you're, you're on your own freehold land, et cetera, then you've got a lot more flexibility. Um, so I think, um, you know, you can say, well, you know, there's a lot of different areas. Uh, and, and I think people now are looking to blend lifestyle more with work and where they live. So, <clears throat> I mean, we've seen this, you know, the amount of people that are looking at places where they can easily access uh, walking trails, uh, cycling trails, um, you know, go canoeing on the river, et cetera. I think there's, there's a lot greater level of desire for people to be somewhere where they can be active and where they can enjoy activities rather than um, have to make a special sort of weekend getaway to access that. So I think, 
you know, I think there's a great opportunity now more than ever for people to access this um, sort of short-term stroke flex market, um, as well as still have a property that if they want, they can still do longer term. Um, but, but there's no doubt the opportunities to increase yields and revenues <clears throat> um, from having a property uh, to address these new demands. Um, it's much, there's a much greater uh, portfolio of properties that can fit that, uh, fit that requirement. Yeah. And before you mentioned about build to rent and, you know, there's lots of other private landlords coming to the market now, you know, it, it would appear that there's a lot of competition um, in this industry. So what do you see as the, um, you know, just do, do you see the next year or so being a temporary boom because people are nervous about going away or they can't go away for whatever reason? Um, and then it kind of flattening out? Or do you think that, you know, the, the staycation being people holidaying <laughs> in the UK, you know, is here to stay and people, you know, it's, it's a great investment to invest in a service accommodation unit in the UK? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, the trends and the statistics and looking at, the, you know, the build to rent statistics, et cetera, um, demand versus supply, there's going to be a, continued, I guess, uh, imbalance with demand exceeding supply um, in, in the rental market. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think uh, the, the word flexibility will bring even greater opportunity into that in that there's, there's a demand for rental properties that's not going away, um, both here domestically in terms of the, the you know, the, the build, the traditional build to rent market, but also um, the appetite for you know the millennials and the Gen Xs, the appetite for them having a much more empowered lifestyle that they can work. I can't say on their own terms, but they can work with a lot more autonomy, mm. um, how they want, where they want. And we know, and we're seeing this certainly globally that that the demand is all about experiential. Okay, so people are really thinking about: Do I want to buy? do I want to buy a house? Do I want to have a mortgage? Do I want to tie myself down to always feeling that that's my base? Or do I want to be fully empowered and um, have the best job that brings me the best opportunities and the best ability to travel and work and to have an experiential lifestyle? Okay. And, and, and to, to live that experiential lifestyle uh, month on month, you know, and, 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 and the demand therefore for people to come to the UK um, and experience all the different aspects of um, living in the UK, wherever that may be, urban, um, you know, tier one, tier two cities, um, you know, um, in, in the middle of the Lake District, the, the Cornwall, Scotland, et cetera, that's only gonna continue to evolve. And, and there's some great properties, there's some great innovations coming out where people are coming up with really swanky, stylish, off-grid homes, but, Generally, they all have really good Wi-Fi, so people can live and work there and and get to enjoy new experiences. Um, so I think there's there's so many tailwinds um, and there's so many opportunities. So I think you know flexibility and having access to all of these different um, opportunities and marketplaces uh, will really put you in a I guess in a great position to maximize the return on your property investment? Well, I'm going to put you on the spot now. So if you had to start again today, knowing okay. everything that you know, <laughs> what would you pick? So location and the type of property or the type of guest possibly is more important. Um, 
what, what would you what would you go for would it be the holiday leisure or corporates or these long-term guests who are living from uh, and working from the the property it's a very interesting question um I, and I've, I've i've seen a lot of I, I guess changes and i guess a lot of the pain points have come from when you're not in control um and when you're not in control is generally when you have a leasehold property. So when you have an apartment in a building uh, and then suddenly that building or the management company, that building constrains what you can do with your asset. Um, and likewise, geographically, again, you know, in there's a big boom in many, many of the cities when Airbnb launched. Um, and you can name all the cities globally, you know, Hong Kong, San Francisco, London, LA, whatever. Everybody was was getting units or renting units to then re-rent on Airbnb, and all of that was closed down, you know, with local legislation. So that there was a big pain point there. So I think, you know, having a property on its own land that you have freehold on, um, that has uh, a great living environment, and that may be the the views, it may be the location, it may mean the accessibility to London, etc., um, and and just a great. Um, I guess uh, flexible living living space. You know whether that living space is is one space, it's it's a large home, or whether that home could be subdivided into into two essentially self um, self um, catering, self sufficient homes. Um, and when you see, you know, there's a lot of people that have homes and they have separate space. I mean, there's so many again amazing um, sort of um, sustainable. Um, not, I can't say prefabricated, but but homes that you can build very very effectively. There's some great. I mean, we've seen this with the outdoor um, workspaces that you can suddenly put in your garden, you know. And obviously that comes down to planning, etc. Um, but there's great ways that people can leverage uh, potential assets and, and land and space they've already got, or you know, convert existing buildings that are there. So I think would I change anything? Well, of course I would. I mean, hindsight is the most powerful thing, you know. Um, but you learn. And when you learn, it expands. And, and then you don't learn. Uh, if you get everything right, then you just have an easy life and you don't learn. You know, and, and the joy of life is learning. And, and a lot of those learnings come from experiences. And many of those experiences come from um, things that are not necessarily comfortable and they may be uncomfortable. You know, uh, but I've been an entrepreneur. And when you start a business, there's always a lot of uncertainty and there's always a lot of fear. And you just have to be an opportunist and <clears throat> have a level of tenacity and resourcefulness and be able to get great people around you and um you create a fun and enjoyable journey and hopefully a rewarding one so that's, that's what we're in <laughs> that's, that's what we're forward right <laughs> yeah. keep going keep going but, but but no i mean you know you can say well yeah you know put all your money into london property and just do long-term rentals and and that's fine but but after a while it's not particularly interesting you know it, it's a, it's a good move um but, you know, when you look at how globally now things are changing and how experiential um, people want to be, you know, and people are searching for experiences and activities and opportunities and you can't get in a big city, you know, but a big city is still fantastic to go, to go and visit and explore and enjoy. So um, I think, again, you know, it's moderation and variety. Yeah, oh, they're great tips. Thank you very much for sharing them. <laughs> um, so where can people find out more about Jetstream and what you're up to and follow? Mm. The great thing is we uh, we have a great PR marketing team and we do a lot of podcasts. So if you just literally just type into Google Jetstream Hospitality Solutions or even just probably Jetstream, but certainly Jetstream Hospitality Solutions, you'll get um, so much information, a lot of podcasts, a lot of articles. Uh, you go to our web website, which is jetstreamtech, T-E-C-H dot 
io um that's our, our website again you go to the press page of that lots of information my email address is mike at jetstreamtech.io i am always delighted to hear from people um pretty passionate about technology um solutions building great teams and um investing and getting the best out of any asset that uh, you own or you're thinking of owning fantastic thank you we'll put those links into the show notes for people to follow up with you and uh thank you again for your time it's been uh, really useful and uh an insight into you know just the trends what you know from a different perspective uh especially you know through your experience so thank you for sharing thanks michelle i hope it's been of uh, use to an interest to your, to your listeners and it's been really nice meeting you absolutely all right we'll take care and uh, we'll see you next time great thanks michelle bye-bye bye-bye And for anybody else who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial. See you next time, guys.